it, it didn't take a ton of capital to keep GoSun alive and well. Um, you know, it took the better part of of two hundred grand to keep us alive during those first three years of you know startup doldrum. You are listening to conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Patrick Sherwin. He's worked with Solar for over 20 years and maintains a diverse background in design, social enterprise, and manufacturing. Volunteering in developing countries has inspired Patrick to create solar solutions that meet essential needs like cooking, cooling, and sanitation. That is what he is doing with his new company, GoSun.co. Patrick, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, buddy. Let's do All it. right. So is this a pure hardware play? Is, is that how you're making money here? Largely, yeah. We, we manufacture, we design, manufacture, market, and move product. That's right. Very interesting. Okay. Tell me where, what year did you launch your first product and what was the product? Oh, it was about seven years ago, 2013. I uh, launched it on Kickstarter and it was a, a solar oven uh, that kind of blew away all other fuel-free devices. Uh, cooked a meal in 20 minutes for two people, uh, basically uh, vacuum insulated so you can use it in the winter, freezing cold, clouds. Um, it's a, a survival tool, great for recreation, boats, RVs, camping, and the like. And we just keep running with that same market base and same kind of needs of you know, meeting people where they're where they're outdoors and sort of off grid. What was it called? Sorry, go the what? The Ghost Sun Sport was our first product launch. Ghost Sun Sport, interesting. Okay, so that was in Kickstarter uh, in what year? Twenty sixteen. Uh, Twenty thirteen. Twenty. Okay, wow. Twenty thirteen. And how did it do on Kickstarter? It did well. I had about a thousand emails from you know people that I had gathered colleagues. I'd been in the solar space for a long time, but on a very different, you know, like kind of doing integration, you know, installation work. And uh, those people responded super well. Uh, and then, of course, it took off organically on its own because there was very little like it. And uh, with that, Ghost Hunt was born, and, and I went after that eighty to hundred hour work week. So you seeded it with one k sort of email subscribers. How much did you end up raising from Kickstarter for Ghost Hunt Sport? Yeah, it was a 213K over seven weeks. Okay. And did you deliver? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We delivered over a thousand units. It took us about six, eight months to deliver. Um, you know, I thought the business model was sound and golden. I thought we would be, you know, close to a profitable from, well, that was a long, long way off. It took, uh, it, it didn't take a ton of capital to keep GoSun alive and well. Um, you know, it took the better part of, of 200 grand to keep us alive during those first three years of, you know, startup doldrum. 
uh, we captured another 5,000 customers and uh, we started paying ourselves. And, uh, what know, year that, was that? When did you start paying yourself? I didn't pay myself until 2017. So it was about four years after the first launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I owned the bulk of the business and, and that was, you know, that was how I paid myself was just, you know, equity. Um, now I pay myself a, a sort of average you know, wage, which is, which is quite nice and still own the company to, to a large extent. That's great. So how many product launches have you done since 2013? Oh, nine. Uh, and we've done most of them on crowdfunding, Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've all been successful. Uh, the average is somewhere around $400,000 in, in uh, pre-sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at, at GoSun uh, right now, uh, which you launched, what was this, last year, I think, May, May 2019? Which product? GoSun. Uh, Go, oh, the, the GoSun uh, Sport. <laughs> the one you're just right. talking about. Uh, so we've launched about four different ovens. Uh, we've launched a solar cooler, uh, a you know, series of uh, charging and lighting solutions. We recently did a sanitation and water purification system. I see. So this one so, I'm looking at, it's, it's, you have in the description, it's the GoSun Sport portable high-efficiency solar cooker, the GoSun stove, and you had 955 backers pledging 203000 to bring the project to life. So my question to you is, I mean, I would consider you an expert, right? Top 1% in terms of Kickstarter launches, right? But what is key to making these things work and successful? Um, uniqueness, I think, is important. Um, let's see. Uh, I think we, we put a good spin on on stuff that that is also resourceful, you know, that it's not just, wow, look at this, but man, I could use that. Um and you're really good much. at that, by the way. I don't think you probably give yourself enough credit, but I mean, I'm looking at highly technical drawings here on the Kickstarter page where it looks like it's something out of a, a physics textbook, but like your labels are like infrared radiation and then like yummy food. So like the <laughs> average person can understand how they could use this thing. Definitely. That's super important. Bring it down to earth. Uh, we see a lot of people put real heady stuff on Kickstarter that might work for, you know, a few applications, but the mainstream, we're all about trying to address mainstream and we're here in Cincinnati, Ohio, so it's kind of ground zero uh, with respect to, to the country. And if it doesn't work, uh, like in the gut of, of a lot of the viewers, then then you're you're dead in the water. Uh, and yeah, we, we do a good job doing that. And and I I'm not afraid of uh, of letting the authenticity roll from from my own, like my iPhone, for example. Like a lot of our videos early on were just shot on the iPhone. And it was me kind of saying, like, look, this is cool. I use it all the time. You might like it. Look at these different applications where I'm using it. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, a lot of people when they set up a Kickstarter, where they struggle with the most is how to set up the prize packages. You know, pledge X, get, you know, X, Y, and Z. How do you do that effectively? How do you drive scarcity and get people paying you, like, a lot of money there? Well, the key to Kickstarter is that you want to provide, like, a 40% discount off of your intended MSRP. Um, for us, since like the first products that we launched were so unique and different, um, we we put a pretty healthy margin. Uh, so, you know, we would say, for example, have like a seventy percent profit gross margin, and then for the Kickstarter, it might be like sixty or fifty-five. So people are getting, you know, a, a much better deal. Um, and you know, pricing and packaging is definitely a big part of the. You kind of have to. Uh, you, you kind of have to look into the future. You grab the crystal ball. I can't really explain it. Across all nine product launches, how many customers have you driven? 
Uh, we have about uh, we have about fifty thousand customers, and um, our emails are you know a couple about a quarter million. Our our sort of social following is about a quarter million. So two hundred fifty thousand on your email list now. Mm-hmm. How did you build that? Obviously, I imagine Kickstarter gives you the emails of your backers, but are, how are you getting the rest of these opt-ins? We did a lot of that. And then early on, we were going to events like crazy and, and way too much. I'm actually kind of happy that we're in the COVID world where I don't have to go to trade shows. It was exhausting. I mean, we went to like two trade shows a month there for a while. And we always focused on, hey, please give us your email. You'd have an iPad or something to sign up, drop your business card in, whatever. We got, you know, we must have got uh, 100,000 emails that way. Wow. One of so many events. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, so that many on the list, that basically means any future product you launch, you can raise money for it because you send one email blast and you hit your fundraising, go on Kickstarter, and then supply and demand takes over, right? It helps so much. And you're you're I know that you're real savvy on all of this. So you're you're right. I mean, you know, your your product has to resonate, but I think, you know, big part of it is that we have brand loyalty. You know, people can trust that we'll make something that works and fits their needs. Uh, and we price things value oriented too. We're not we're not just gouging. You know, we're real honest folk. So I, I think um, you're right. You know, we, it's pretty fun. We recently launched a, a tiny house, uh, which is literally you know an entire home on wheels, 22 foot long, and, uh, and and it generated a huge amount of interest. And we're getting into manufacturing tiny houses now. Super interesting. Okay, well hold on. So let's stick with the the other products pre tiny houses. So nine launches, fifty thousand customers. How much total top line revenue? Uh, I think the number's like like around four million uh, okay. on on all of our crowd funds, and then we've we've done two equity crowd fund raises as well, and um, those have uh, brought in about one and a half million in capital. Why did you do those? Why give up equity when you can raise via pre-selling? Well, it's still really hard to build a business, and you're going to need you know you need money to 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 meet your payroll or development. And largely it's development for us, you know, what's on the next horizon, what tools do we need? Uh, what are we going to do with international partners and, you know, far away expensive places? Uh, so, you know, growth. And the reason we went to the crowd is because we're already, you know, so accepted in, in the crowd. You know, uh, we went, we, we were a crowdfunded company and now we're an equity crowdfunded company. How many folks are on the team today full time? Uh, about 10. Oh, 10 of you guys. Okay, interesting. And how many of them are engineers? Uh, well, officially three, uh, and then unofficially people, myself, uh, there's about five people that really had play a heavy role in engineering. I see. Interesting. Okay. So on 4 million then in total sales at a average margin of call it 70%. I mean, it's fair to say, you know, you basically were sitting on something like 3 million to pay out salaries and R and D and all that stuff over the past three, four, five years. Well, this is the piece where, <laughs> where, uh, my model is different from a lot of folks you talk to is because half of that money pretty, pretty much uh, goes to my cost of goods sold. I mean, it's not half, but you know, a big chunk because I've got a manufacturing tool and I've got to bring it across the oceans. I'm doing a lot of our manufacturing in Asia. And so but that's included. That's the gross. You said 70% gross margin. I imagine the 30% is that right. The cost of goods sold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what I don't include in my cost of goods sold is the logistics and the shipping uh, you know, customer support returns, things like that, that you don't have to deal with in a, in a software play. Interesting. Okay. So, so you launch these nine products, you do 4 million in sales, you're, you know, you're making a healthy salary, but more importantly, you're sort of doing what you love, right? Why get into tiny houses? 
Uh, just to grow, um, you know, we I've been interested in in like green building my whole life. Uh, I mean, solar has been like a gateway for all these things, you know, how to how to make uh, great compost and gardens and manage water and waste and efficiency, you know, heating and cooling, um, you know. And, and so it was natural for us. My two lead designers are both very into, you know, building science. And uh, we were watching the tiny house trend just continue to ratchet up, but nobody was really addressing it from a, an efficiency standpoint. Uh, the houses are, are cute, but they're not very green. Uh, they, they use a ton of propane or electricity to, to stay warm and yeah. cool depending on the season. So that was the main reason. We saw this huge opportunity. And um, since we have that loyal following, you know, we want to always be growing. And, uh, and it's sort of like we've got the cooking, cooling, cleaning and now we have the shelter to go with it. How do you how do you let community members like get excited together? What opportunities do you create for them to like hang out in one spot and like get excited together? Because like ultimately, when I look at what you're doing, right, you start off with a mousetrap, which is a launch in 2013 of a product that you really like. That's also really smart, looks pretty, got a lot of pre-sales. You grow your list, you hustle at trade shows. Now you have fifty thousand paid customers. You got two hundred fifty thousand on your list. You're launching a tiny home. I'm looking at a tiny home right now and. It's a great, it's basically, this is the new shopping center floor. Instead of you paying to go on products on an end cap at Walmart, your yeah. audience members or a community can pay to go stay at these tiny homes where they're going to experience and you're going to upsell all your other products to them, right? At scale, right? I mean, is that, in t- is that an intentional strategy? And if so, how do you accelerate that? Oh, no, you're absolutely right. Um, and there are several models that are doing that, like an Airbnb uh, and, and you're, you're reading my mind. Um, who else is but, doing this though? Like besides uh, Airbnb, there's a cool startup called, um, getaway. I don't remember their exact URL, but be- they don't have your products. I I've used them. I've stayed at a getaway before, okay. but yeah. they don't, but they don't have like cool solar products that they try and up that like they build into the experience at the getaway. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, they, we should talk. <laughs> um, you know, we, we have a pretty robust audience on, um, Facebook. Uh, we have this, you know, the ghost on solar community kitchen, I think it's called. And there's like 7,000 people in there and they share their experience. Um, we don't, we don't do it enough on other social media platforms. Um, you know, I, I'm fairly out of Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat myself. I, I regret that, that I kind of missed that, that boat. Um, and so Facebook has been kind of where I interplay and, and uh, of course, YouTube, uh, and a bit on LinkedIn, but we're also not super communicative on, on Twitter or Reddit or, you know, we're well, most really represented on Facebook. You're listing the dream, you call it ghost on dream. You're listing the dream, the solar off grid tiny house for between 69,000 and $99,000. And they can put down a $500 deposit, sort of like a Tesla put down a deposit model. You know, Elon sells a billion dollars of down payments <laughs> before the thing even exists. How many sales have you done? How many down payments of 500 bucks have you got? Yeah, we're, we're well over 10. Uh, and, and we're, you know, we're definitely on our way to our first 10 units in production. Oh, wow. Uh, for 2021. So is this, that, I mean, is this going to be a margin thing for, I mean, what can you produce this thing for? Yeah, you know, we'll make, well, like, I think you're nailing it in that um, a lot of this is just to point at the overall lifestyle um, we're not going to have a great margin on the tiny home, you know, 10 or 15%, uh, on something that's a hundred grand, that's 10 grand. Great. Um, 
but but it's really about you know getting people into using our products and relating to our products in these different ways, whether it's for you know family fun or for kind of preparedness. And same with the experience with the home in general. Uh, and, and like you said, sort of the opportunity to upsell or to help people, you know, absorb the different use case scenarios of cooking or cooling on our devices. Mm-hmm. So we, we think of it almost as a giant brand building marketing exercise as well. Yeah, I, this just to me is fascinating. Like, I, because I talked to so many founders, like it is crystal clear to me that you and Getaway Around should be the same company, right? They've got like <laughs> software to allow bookings, like, Manly, right. I assume you could probably, actually, it's probably easier to do what you've done. Sorry, you've built the harder part, which is the physical <laughs> brick and mortar, like the atoms. They've sort of built the bits, right? It's easy for you to add bits. It's probably harder for them to add the hardware. So you're probably more valuable than them. But I feel like you could do a model like what they're doing pretty darn easily if you b- raise some capital to build a bunch of these units and put five outside of every major city. Definitely. No, I love it. Um, you know, and, and I do have a, a developer tinge in, in my blood. So that's, uh, you're, you're kind of reading my mind and our future growth opportunities. That's, we're doing a lot to, um, to, to communicate that vision in 2021 yeah. that, that, you're, that you're going right after you're, you're a step ahead of it. You should keep me like, I mean, I don't know how, but I'd love to participate in that somehow, whether it's from a capital perspective or just even just brainstorming once everyone's all like this, I really enjoy this. I think it's the future, these curated sort of content houses, whether it's a tiny house in the middle of nowhere or a mansion in, in, in Beverly Hills where content creators are saying that I'll love the same thing. Yeah. I mean, and you can make these houses super smart. You know, there's this opportunity where like, you know, you log, you, you pull in our app and you jump in the house and all of a sudden the app connects you to 20 smart devices. And you're just like, whoa, this is so cool. I could do all these things now and be superhuman, you know. This is great. Uh, and have, you're still personally doing, I'm looking at the tiny house consultation your face is right there. You're still doing all the onboarding, huh? Well, um, that's just how we set up the Calendly. You know, we we have some. You know, I, I don't talk to everybody. We're, <laughs> we're not we're not a, a a big corp, you know. And I love interfacing, especially with somebody that wants to buy the dream. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't. I'm not a part of of every interaction there. Yeah, very you, interesting. I, yeah, I do try to be as connected to our customer as possible. We we do have like a customer board and. And we're always like pitching surveys and, and trying to get more feedback. Uh, you know, it, 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 it really has brought us a lot of incredible ideas and improvements. That's really cool. What else am I missing? What else should I have asked you about that I haven't asked about? Oh, you're good. I, um, you know, th- there's a part of our business that's about uh, social entrepreneurship. And we're trying to bring our technology to 3 billion people in the world that still cook with wood and charcoal every day. Uh, and that's like sub-Saharan Africa, um, uh, you know, Latin America, uh, in areas where impoverished regions where people um, are, are need to break a cycle of poverty because cooking is this huge burden. Not to mention, you know, clean water and and you know refrigeration and things. So so basically, we do have sort of a dual business, uh, and and our strategy is to um, is to really work towards benefit. And uh, we're, in fact, launching something tomorrow, uh, Ghost Sun Gifts of Gratitude. Anybody that wants a Ghost Sun, fill out a form, tell us why you want it, you know, what you're going to do with it, and we'll give it good consideration and ship you one by the end of the year if you, if you are a recipient. Love that. Very good, Patrick. Let's wrap up here with the Famous Five. Number one, favorite book? Oh, man, I didn't do my research. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know your... Um, Last your- one you read. Uh, the last book I read, so um, I really liked um, Crossing the Chasm. Yeah. 
Jeffrey Moore, good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I dig um, Richard Branson. Yep. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building GoSun? Well, Shopify has been hooking it up. I know that's a pretty big tool. Yeah. But number yeah. F- number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? You know, the other one I want to say is Figma. Figma has totally changed our business in the last uh, six months. Yep. Uh, I sleep seven, eight hours. And situation, married, single, kids? Uh, a girlfriend, long-term girlfriend. No kiddos running around? She has a, a, a daughter. So I have a, basically a 20-year-old stepdaughter. Okay, fair. That's, That's great. A, a stepdaughter yeah. and, a, and a whole company. How old are you, Patrick? I'm 42. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, something that I wished I had done. Knew, that you so, knew when you were 20. That I knew. Oh, boy. Um, I wish I wish I'd have known more about the financial side of things. You know, put put your money on the, you know, and get that 8% compounding annual interest. Mm-hmm. That simple little trick. I should have done that. Guys, GoSun launched back one product in 2013 called GoSport. Today, they've launched over nine products, 4 million in sales. He hustled to build an email list of a quarter million people starting at trade show, capturing business cards back pre-pandemic in 2013, 2014, 2015. Now scaling into tiny homes. Just launched one, 70,000 bucks. Got his first 10 pre-orders at 500 bucks a pop. But most importantly, he's a definite example of how you build a great community around a product line you're building. And then with a powerful community, you can really expand to anything you want. Patrick, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Nice. You nailed that, Nathan. Thank you very (laughs) much for having me.